0: Welcome to Musical.ly Hitched, a podcast featuring the untold stories of entertainment professionals from household names to budding superstars and those still hidden in plain sight. Each life has a soundtrack.
1: Our stories are the lyrics. I'm Zach Reynolds Jr.
0: And I'm Crystal
1: Reynolds.
2: This This is
1: Musical.ly Hitched. To our loyal followers, we'd like to say welcome back and thanks again for joining us. If you're tuning in for the first time or you haven't followed yet and you're enjoying the podcast, go ahead and hit that plus sign or follow button and leave a rating and review. This helps the podcast reach and add value to others just like you. We appreciate your support.
0: Imagine the spotlights on you, center stage in an arena full of fans. A legendary drummer asks you to solve a musical dilemma. An R&B
1: icon calls to make an unexpected offer. In this episode of Musically Hitched, Peanut shares how to add value through using his full skill set—from saying yes, then following through, to navigating tense situations, to leading musical teams. Peanut comes full circle with his destiny.
0: Come on, you can't do this to me today. I didn't know this. If I would have known that coming in, I think my my uh, my mentality or my approach probably would have been a little bit different. But when I learned of this at this particular time, it was probably maybe like 15 minutes before the show started. Because <laughs> mind you, like 45 minutes till me and Amy Marie was on the bus going over the show. Right. So by this time, she had to go and get dressed. And I was like, cool. Thinking I can go and meet those musicians. And obviously that didn't happen. So when he told me that, I looked at him. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. Um, okay. And he was like, and he looked at me. He said, I mean, you you good, right? You can do this, right? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, and I'm thinking to myself, he had never, he'd never seen me play. And he told me that. Right. He was like, I, I've never seen you play. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going based off of. You know referral. what yeah, what yep. people have told me, and uh-huh. he was like, "You got me, right?" And I was like, "Dog, I got you. I got you." And so I had to go and get myself together, because I was like, mentally, I, I gotta right. I gotta just be prepared, right you know, and try to remember what was going on in the video visually, you know, what was going to happen and all this other stuff. So like I said, I started out the whole entire show. It was just drums, and then the dancers came out. And then I brought out a Marie. So no rehearsal. <laughs> and in Raleigh, North Carolina at Walnut Creek and all this stuff is going on. So home
1: turf, right?
0: Home turf. You know what I'm saying? Unprepared on home turf. So she comes out, she does her thing. And in the middle of a show, she does something that was unexpected. Somebody was supposed to bring out a chair and they forgot to bring out the chair. So she improvised. and she started walking back towards the drums towards me. And I'm thinking to myself, now, I didn't see this in the DVD.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I, I don't remember this. Now, what is this? You know? So she walks back towards me and and uh, puts her arm on my shoulder. And I'm like, I know this wasn't in the DVD because I don't remember this at all. <laughs> and she looks at me and she's and, you know, she she says, um, says to the crowd, you know, y'all and y'all give it up for my drummer Peanut and he's from right here, y'all. He's from North Carolina. And I'm like, Wow This ain't the day this ain't the day to do that. Wow. Cause I don't know what you about to do right now. You know? <laughs> and she said, she looked at me, she said, You know what, Peanut? Um, why don't you just play us something? Just anything. Just play us something. You know. Meanwhile, they're trying to figure out how to get this chair back out there for her. Right. You know, um, for the next song. So I'm like, play anything. She was like, just play anything. So I just started jamming. You know, I just started just jamming by myself. Ain't no musician. So it's just drums, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not even the kind of kit that it's not even my kit. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's a weird kit. I'll put it like that to you. Cause yeah. I had, I have uh, two bongos in the place of one tom. Um, I had a, a rack time here and a floor tom and some uh, some cowbells and stuff. It was, it, I just walked into something. You mm. know what I'm saying? So I just started just jamming. So I got done and uh, she was like, y'all give it up, give it up. And they went crazy. And I heard somebody say, play her. And I'm like, oh Lord, somebody is here. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> it so, had to be though. It had to be somebody. No way had to be, <laughs> you were coming back right. close to home and no one was there.
0: Right, you know. So we do that after that show, after that show, she comes up to me and she was like, she, she was like, I, I was so impressed at the fact that you were able to come in here and, and do this show and you played it better than, than the other drummer. And he's been practicing for weeks. She was like, do you, do you mind just finishing this tour with me? And I was like, wow. yo!" I said, man, I said, Hey Marie, I said, man, I'll be honored, man. I said, I, I, I just appreciate. It. I said, I didn't. I hope I did you did it justice. She was like, you did, you did way better than anybody expected. She was like, I, I would be happy if you would just finish this tour with me. Awesome. And I was, like, wow. I said, okay, cool. I said, yeah, I'm down. And you know, um, our manager, um, Lenny, who's who was her boyfriend at the time, he said, um, uh, he said, yeah, man. So let's um let's, let's get you squared away and let's get all this, you know, all the paperwork done. So that way, you know, we can make sure that you, you know, you're getting paid and getting, getting your per diem, you know, all this other stuff. I just heard about per diem when I was re- with Richard Elliott. I didn't even know that was a thing. You know what I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but all that, for happened, those that
1: don't know per diem is it's what
0: per diem is, is what you get to take care of your food and everything mm-hmm. like that they, It's basically you know, you get, get payment for your food. They pay for your food basically.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I, I got, got all that. I mean, the tour went great. Um, I want to say maybe, maybe the third, my third show in, because I was, I was so tripped out about the fact that I was like, right. I was this close to like, you know, to be and Kelly and, and, um, and um, Michelle and, and Mario. I was just like, Oh, this is, this is amazing. This is awesome. Like I'm in my mind, I'm having out of body experiences constantly because, you know, especially with Destiny's Child, that's that's such a an epic thing. It was their last tour.
1: That was a big you know? moment.
0: Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, I remember, you know, uh, you know, watch the video. So, say my name, say my name, you know, looking at these videos of these girls and it's them. Right. There. You know what I'm saying? Right, right there. So. Uh, Maybe the third show in, uh, the drummer for um, Destiny's Child, Gerald Hayward, uh, he pulled me to the side. I didn't know that he was watching me, but I know I was watching him. I was taking so many notes like, yo, this is crazy with it, you know, because he just he just plays so. So big, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just another pivotal moment in the way that I would approach drums. Mm -hmm. He pulled me to the side and was like, it's like, hey, man this was like during a sound check or something like that. He's like, Hey man, where are you from? You know, I forgot what Gerald is from, but I told myself from North Carolina, you know, he was like, where you learn to play church. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking like, yeah, hey, yeah. I learned, yeah. I learned to play in church. He was like, yeah, this ain't church, man. He said, don't, don't, don't bring the church to the stadium. I didn't know what he meant by then, you know, at that particular time, I didn't know what he meant. And he said, He said, all the little stuff that you do, you know, all the little diddles and stuff like that, all that stuff that you do at church that comes off like um, slick or, you know, like, oh man, that was amazing. He said, the people way up there, they don't hear that. And I was like, okay. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, what does that mean? He was, you know, he explained it to me. He said, when you're playing arenas, You have to play big. Every note counts. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: He said all the little, you know, little, little, little roles here and there, little buzz rolls and all that little stuff, ghost notes and all that stuff. He said, they don't hear that. He said, you got to play for the people all the way up there. That's what you're playing for. Not the people down front. He said, you need to play for those people up there. If you're going to do a role, mean it. If you're going to do it, they need to hear it. And I was like, Wow. So when I started watching him and how he played the show for Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. what he said made so much sense. It clicked. It clicked immediately. And I like I like I got it. I was like, oh. Okay. I get it. I get it. And he told me. He said, he said, at the end of the day, you're, on on these gigs, he said, your pocket is way more important than your ability. I said. Huh, boy, he hit me with a bombshell. He's like, Your pocket is way more important than your ability. He said, All "All those people up there, they don't need to know everything that you can do. Mm -hmm. All they need to know is what they hear you, you know, hear you doing. And I was like, That's
1: crazy. So, less is more. Less is more. We've heard that over and over again. But in in this game, in, in the game of music, this business, it, it, it holds true. You're a drummer and I mean, you, you've you got the chops and feels for days, but at the end of the day, this guy has got the gig. This is a historic tour that he's on and he's telling you less is yeah, more.
0: He's telling <laughs> me less is more, man. And, and, and placement, you know, all this other stuff, you know, it, it was just so much that I learned from him on that tour that I was just like, it made me look at the way other drummers would play these tours and the Mm -hmm. way they would play them, I'm like, yep. He gave me a bombshell nugget right there. Awesome. He gave me a bombshell nugget. And that was my first tour. And I said, I get it now. And for the remainder of that tour, my whole goal was to lock so far in to that track where people would have to say, Hey man, do you do anything else other than just play the track? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because right. what, what he the explained, to, yeah, what he explained to me was he was like, you want to be a, a real live NPC player. You want to be the NPC. You know what I mean? Like you want to be so locked in that you want to be that that in tune. You know what I mean? And I was like, yo, that's it. Just changed the way changed the way that I approached like everything musically, as far as you know, even arranging. Sometimes, man, it's like. You can't just put everything in a song, you know? So, um, that tour, that tour happened. That went great. Even afterwards, like we did spot dates here and there. That was, um, with a Marie was the first time that I ever been overseas. We went to, um, Abu Dhabi and Dubai and that was incredible. That was amazing. Now during the tour, during the tour, we had a, um, uh, an award show performance that we had to do. We had to do the World Music Awards in um, in Hollywood um, at the Kodak Theater. And for this particular situation, now I was initially told that it was just going to be, you know, um, a bunch of actors and everything like that. And Sheila E. was going to be the director and everything like that. And um, I'm at the hotel chilling. I'm cool. What started happening was Sheila was getting um, frustrated with the actors, the dancers, because one of the main things that she said was Sheila E was like, I cannot teach a dancer how to be a musician. Who is the musicians that's supposed to be up here with a Marie? Whoever they are, I want them here. She later found out that it wasn't a day. It was a him. So my hotel phone rings and it's like, hey, there's a car on the way to come pick you up. Um, <laughs> Sheila E wants you to be here. Uh, because you, she wants the drummer to be here. And I said, oh. I said, who? Who?
1: <laughs> right. A, and, a drummer of all drummers, right? Right.
0: I said, who? And, and they were like, yeah, Sheila E wants, wants A. Marie's drummer to be here to play this. And I said, oh. Oh, my God. Let's go. Is it here yet? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I get in the car. We get to the Kodak Theater. They walk me in, give me my, my credentials and all that good stuff. Walk me in. Um, and they. Uh, take me to the stage I'm, I, I'm up there and I, I meet Sheila you know and I'm just like yo this is like like you know who you are right now uh, right unbelievable you know what I'm saying like this is crazy um, so I meet her and I get on the drums now the drums have silent heads on them and the cymbals are uh, doubled up so they don't make a noise and I'm like what kind of? I'm a drummer. I don't know how to fake playing drums. So Sheila told me, she said, "Don't fake it. I don't want you to fake it. Play those drums like you were playing for real." And I was like, "All right, bet. All right, bet. you know? So the way that came off, if we go back and look at it, is crazy, because in the very beginning of it, uh, I couldn't hear. Cause they didn't give me headphones. I didn't have any or anything like that. I had a wedge and the wedge was so low that I, I could not hear the, the actual track. All, all I could hear was the slapback. You know what I'm saying? Coming back from the, from the audience. And um, uh, you can tell in that, in that video, that footage, when it came on, cause when I'm playing, you actually see me say, I can't hear. I can't hear. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's so funny, but by the... By, the eh, by I think by the first hook or something like that, it popped in, and I was able to, to like, okay, play like I'm playing for real. And I remember... Matter of fact, the World Music Awards was when I actually met Kim Burst. That was okay. the first time that I met Kim Burst. The first time I heard her name was Preston Middleton. And if you remember correctly, Preston was who I met when I was about... Um, 15, 16 years. Old. I was in 10th grade. This yeah. when it's I another him.
1: full circle, full circle connection right here. Yes. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, now mind you at this time too, Kim was, Kim was still with, um, with Matt, Matt Matthew knows,
1: mm-hmm. um, Beyonce's dad,
0: right. Beyonce's dad. Now mind you, uh, before then me and Ron, we had, we had been trying to get in contact with Kim like forever, you know? And at this time she is a and R for Sony. You know, so her her busyness was out of control. So when I saw this little lady, this little light skinned lady out front directing, you know, like from the audience, that's when I said, "Oh, okay, oh, okay." So she's, I guess, she's putting this together. That's the first time that I heard the term "creative director." Mm-hmm. And uh, I kept hearing the uh, whoever was in the TV truck saying, "Hey, Kim, Kim, do you want to run that again?" Kim, how do you feel? Kim, 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 Kim. I just keep hearing Kim, Kim, Kim. Like, who is this Kim? You know what I'm saying? And um, I asked somebody, I don't remember who it was that I asked, but I asked somebody, who is, who is Kim? Like, who is she? And they were like, oh, that's Kim Burst.
2: Ding, 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 ding.
0: My light went off. I was like, who is that again? It's like, yeah, that's, that's Kim Burst. You don't know Kim Burst? I was like, I don't, but I'm about to. Mm-hmm. So I actually go out there into um, the audience when we were like taking a break or something like that. And I went and introduced myself and my end was, hey, uh, hey, my name is, my name is Peanut. And, uh, everybody calls me Peanut. My name is Herman, but everybody calls me Peanut. Uh, but I wanted to meet you, you know, and this, that and the other. And I was like, I think, you know, my uncle Preston. And she was like, who is that? I said, Preston Middleton, do you know him? And she was like, yeah, that's my brother. I'm like, wow. And she was like, well, how do you know him? And I said, well, I said, I've met him back in North Carolina. You know, I kind of gave her like the spiel, the whole story, everything mm-hmm. like that. And that's when we kind of connected. And it was like, wow. So for me, I was like, wow, I finally met Kim Burst. Now I've been hearing about Kim Burst since i was in 10th grade you know 15 16 years old i finally met her when i was about 23 ish you know 23 24 maybe you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um, so that's when that's when we we actually met so i go back and i think about it like dang if it wasn't for f you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i you know i wouldn't have been connected with like you know preston Without Preston, I wouldn't have been connected to Ron. Without Ron, I wouldn't have been connected to Tyler. Without without Ron, I wouldn't have been connected to uh to Courtney. You know, uh uh without Courtney, I wouldn't have been connected to Avery. Marie. Without Courtney, I wouldn't have been connected to him first.
1: Right. right. You know what I'm saying? I think right. about
0: that, that tree. I never forget those things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, it's just it's is
1: only God. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And the importance of as we talked about earlier, you know, their transitions happen, you know, in in this in this business people move on, they, 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 you don't stay in the same place forever. Uh, you know, musicians tour, musicians, you know, do more than one record deal, musicians, you know, right, have lots of opportunities, right? When you're good, opportunities are gonna come your way. The one thing that you don't have to do is burn bridges. Because had it's, it's, you been a bridge burner, none of this would have happened. It may have, you may have, you know, stumped the tree in right. the early stages and but yeah. how like you said one relationship literally leads to another and then right. there are opportunities attached so the valuable thing to those that are listening is really not the opportunities that you get along the way right it's the people that you meet it's all about relationships man it's how you treat the people it's how they treat you as well yep. but ultimately you know it's it's definitely how you treat others that's what people are going to remember and Absolutely. they they and you and you have opportunities to to build trust, like in the case of Courtney, saying, "Hey, man, you, you know you know what you're doing. You cool with all? You know, It's right. 15 minutes. You know, <laughs> they said you can do it, right? Because I didn't have to see you first, and that means yeah. everything to someone who's trying to get on their feet. In your case, you were making a name for yourself at this point as a touring drummer. You didn't realize you were becoming a touring drummer,
2: exactly. but you were
1: right. And so that's 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 fantastic. Now, one major role that you that you evolved into obviously is the musical director for the legendary Monica Arnold. So talk to us about how you met Monica. How did that come about? And Tim, how long have you been with her now as musical director?
0: Um, I've been with her for 11 years, man. 11 years. Wow. 11 okay. years. Yeah. And the way we met, we met through, um, through Kim. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, at this time, um, me and Ron had started up a band called Simply Irresistible. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, prior to that, this, now this is the second time. (laughs) Remember I said, uh, Ron, it was the first time Ron left was with Richard. You know, he left Richard to go with um, Tyler. And I was, I was, I had to basically navigate that thing. You know what I mean? Um, So uh, Tyler really started getting extremely busy with his plays and everything like that. And there were months and months and months at a time where, and I'll never forget the very, very first time um, Ron told me, he said, man, I got to go out on the road with Tyler. He was like, you got you're going to have to hold this, this boat down by yourself. You can do it. You've, you, you know, you've been in training for so long. You can, you can do this thing.
1: And what all were you holding down at that point? What was, what was Ronnie referring to? What were some um, of the things that you had to manage
0: just simply irresistible period
1: just okay.
0: every everything music everything uh, even with uh, coordination and everything like that even uh just making sure the band period was always just just tight
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know even with communicating with um, um clients like our main person when we got on site this was after uh our girl uh katie burgess um and linda uh linda is uh ron's wife um they would do the the pre-conversations and everything like that before we would get there and everything like that but when we got there it was all about communicating with who's on the ground right so it would be me and jamal and mind you jamal is an, an incredible artist amazing yeah. amazing singer amazing uh performer amazing writer you know all like this stuff and here's the crazy thing about that i didn't even know that he was the server in Medea's class reunion, until we had a conversation, and I had to go back and look at it. Like that is you, mm-hmm. you know. So it's so funny how, like I said, just you know how small things are in full circle. It just it just happens that way. And so there would be times where it would be me and Jamal um, to communicate with the client, you know, about the do not playlist and you know what they want to hear and you know, first song, you know, uh, first dance song, you know, for weddings and everything like that. And, uh, you know, father-daughter dance, you know, mother-son dance. You know, we had to literally literally go through all of that. And I had to musically manage that to make sure that everybody was on their P's and Q's um, from from keys to, you know, Reggie on keys and Christian on guitar. And, um, we had a few bass players come in, but John Roberts came in, uh, the bass player, uh, left-handed bass player, awesome. Came in a few times. We had a few other people that that, that would come in and sub for Ron, um, but um, as well as our horns, um, uh, Mike Burton and Melvin Jones and uh, Will Wilbert Williams, and we had a few other people, um, uh, Frank Hayes, to come in and and play and everything like that. But you know, and they their their own thing in their own on their in their own right. You know, they have a a group called Good Times Brass Band and Mm -hmm. they play horns for some of everybody from Adam Blackstone to, you know, all kinds of movies. And, you know, they just, if I'm not mistaken, they just got a Grammy with uh, PJ Morton not too, not too long ago. So those guys, they, they started out with us in SI when uh, Melvin, Melvin Jones, he was, he was actually still the band director at Morehouse and we used to rehearse at Morehouse, but they started over there and just like everybody else kind of just kind of just uh, uh, evolved and started doing their own thing as a unit. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean?
1: So-, so contrary to what some people might think, you actually, you've had some significant experience playing in a corporate or party band, some people may refer to it as a wedding band, but a lot of people that have those opportunities may be secretly hoping to have the opportunities that you've had on the arena stage one day when in actuality you were on the arena stage first and right. actually went and and ch- chose to play within the luxury events private entertainment arena doing things such as wedding and corporate gigs but ne- but was still playing the perf- the let's say the the a level or the, the the arena level gig you were still doing you were basically managing those at the same time you didn't forsake one or the other you just you just handled it all at that particular time right yeah it
0: was it was a lot of juggling at that time and when we did start the band i remember telling ron i said man i said now you've played in arenas stadiums you know i've played in arenas and stadiums Mm -hmm. And i said man i said if we're gonna do this if we're gonna do um a a corporate band or or a party band or a wedding band or whatever you want to call it i said if we're we're gonna do that let's bring what we do out Mm -hmm. there in the arenas and and stadiums let's bring that energy that vibe that sound that 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 huge sound that we have out there let's bring that over here Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so uh before we go to go to the monica thing i had to make sure i I addressed that because it was like that we were in the studio grinding so hard i mean day in day out night in night out i was i was consistently making tracks tracks and to me that was second nature because I had already been doing that at Berkeley, you know? So right. for need to listen to stuff and recreate stuff. I was already like doing that, you know, cause I had to recreate stuff for, uh, for star search because they couldn't use the actual record because of copyright purposes or whatever. So right. I had to literally go back in and recreate the, uh, the, uh, the music.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So for me to do that for, our own investment our own band it was like cool this is what i've already been doing this is basically what i've been preparing for i was already in the training grounds to do this so we did that so it would be nice where he would be in the booth singing soprano you know and singing alto and all this
2: other stuff
0: (laughs) you know and it was it was nothing different than what we were doing like i said for star search because we had to recreate literally music and vocals Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um and I go back and listen to that stuff now. And it's hilarious. It's funny because my production was not it. TV loved it. But I go back and listen to it now. And I'm like, why? Why did y'all love that? <laughs> oh, my God, it's terrible, you know, but, um, you know, with with that knowledge, it kind of it kind of got me prepared for, you know, stepping outside of the 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 SI world that I was in, the simply irresistible world that me and Ron had built, you know. And I remember telling him, and this was after I gotten the call, um, before that, actually, um, yeah, Kim called me um about Monica, you know, about doing an arrangement for her song Everything to Me. Now prior to that, now this is was really funny in the kicker. My dad, um, my dad told me like maybe a, uh, maybe a year or so. I'm trying to remember when when her her TV show was out. She had a a reality show called Still Standing, and I watched that every now and again, you know. Um, and my dad he hit me and was like, "Son, I don't I don't I just don't know. I don't know what it is, but you're supposed to be working with her." For some reason, when I look at her, I I see you. You supposed to be working with her, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, man, this dude is tripping." What are you talking about? That I don't know nobody around her. I don't. I, wow, I'm in a corporate band. I am focused on this right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so maybe, like I said, maybe like a year or so after the still standing uh, reality show, whatever. Kim calls me. Now, mind you, at this point in time, um, the lie that I told Kim, it worked. (laughs) Because that's how I got my first situation with Kim. Kim hit me. This was after the World Music Awards and everything like that. And uh, she hit me not long after that and asked me um, if I could record a, um, a, a drum line for Nelly. Cause Nelly was doing something um, here in Atlanta and he wanted a drum line. You know what I'm saying? And I said, yeah, sure. I mean, it's a, um, you know, it's a school right around the corner from, from where I stay. You know I'm staying with Ron at the time? I'm like, it's a school right around the corner. I'm, you know, I'm thinking about McEachern high school. I'm like, yeah, it really is. So I'm not lying about that technically. Cause there is a school around the corner and I was like, yeah, I could, you know, I could go talk to the band director and you know, just see if I could just record them, you know, just doing some, doing some drum cadences. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, I'm just playing the game cause I'm like, man, I want to, I want to do this. Now what she didn't know was I had already, you know, uh, figured out how to program uh, drums, you know, kit and everything like that. What she didn't know was that I did, I played in marching band,
1: marching band. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Since eighth grade, ninth grade, you know, I was playing with high school when I was in middle school, that kind of thing. So I had knowledge on how to write a cadence, you know, because I had written in middle school, I had written a cadence in high school for South Granville as well. Mm -hmm. And so I knew all the parts, base one, base two, three, four, and five, you know, the times, the time parts, because I played times as well, snare parts, because I played snare. I had to do that before I played time. So what I did was I programmed a drum line, Uh, for Nelly's intro and sent it to her and she was like, Oh, Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. So when, um, when we get done with this, let's make sure that we thank the band director, um, for, for allowing us to use, use his drum line because they, they sounded amazing. They sounded amazing. So I had to fess up. (laughs) I had to tell Kim, I was like, Kim, um, yeah, about that, uh, about that drum line. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was actually my core trite. It wasn't no drum line. It was me. And she. it blew her away. She was like, what? I said, right. yeah, it, it was. And I was like, I was taking the chance. For yeah. me, I was like, well. Yeah, blame A. Marie for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, well, I, I don't know if this is going to be the last time that we work together or what. But she was like, are you serious? I said, yeah. She said, you don't know what you just did. And I said, in my mind, I said, I guess I just lost, lost a job, you know. But she was like, nah, you, you don't know what you just did. You're going to have a lot of people mad at you because you can do that. Okay. So from there, from then on, we, we had done so many award shows with just literally just me and her. And we became like, like, like mad close. Like that became mm-hmm. like big sister for real. So she eventually called me um, to do an arrangement for Monica. Monica's song called Everything to Me because um, she was performing it on Jay Leno. By this time, like, I'm not nervous about things like that. I just want to, I, I have an excitement now, mm-hmm. you know, because at this point in time, you know, uh, uh, I had been on stage with, with Jay-Z and Young Jeezy for the for the hip-hop awards, playing drums on there, something that, um, that I had programmed and played on top of and all that good stuff. And, you know, almost every year we were doing, some kind of award show you know what I mean so it was like okay cool you know or somebody was doing a tv show that we had to do an arrangement for so she was like yeah I need an arrangement for everything to me I said cool I immediately called my dad I said pop you'll never believe who I'm about to do an arrangement for he was like who I said Monica he was like son, I told you, when the spirit talks to me, son, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you, Doc, you got to listen to me, Doc, you know. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I told my pop, and he was like, he was happy about it, and I was like, cool. And, like, not long after that, um, that was in 09, if I'm not mistaken, like the end of 09, something like that. But in 2010, she was going on tour with Trey Songs. And, uh, once again, I'm I'm out with my band. You know, that's where my focus is. That's where my head is because I know Ron is still out with Tyler and everything like that. And it's never been a moment that uh, both of us were gone at the same time. You know, okay. so this was another transition thing that was going to be weird. Somebody was going to have to step up and make sure that everything was still up to par. You know, uh, I, cause I was still doing tracks for the band. I was still you know, making arrangements and everything like that. Even though I was out with Monica, I was still finding the time. Even mm-hmm. when I was out on the road, uh, I would be in my hotel room um, making tracks. You know, what's what's the songs for this weekend coming up? Okay, cool. Let me work on that. I'm sending this out to y'all. Make sure y'all practice this. Da, da, da. So I was still doing that to make sure that my foundation was still cool, you know, mm-hmm. and, and still letting them know, trust me, I ain't leaving y'all hanging. That ain't yeah.
1: going to happen. So you didn't you didn't look down on the corporate gig, the the party band, wedding band gig, even though you had big things popping, so to speak, right? You you still remained faithful to the gig that you had all along, and treated both in essence the same. Neither one got cheated along the way.
0: At at all, because they, that's to me, to me, they were both they were both mine. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, if it wasn't for the training ground, because mm-hmm. that's that's what it was for me. That's good. As I was as I was my training ground. That was like where I got like literally a lot of the knowledge that I had going into the Monica phase, I had that just from the experience of Ron not being there all the time, but me having to step up and be that type of leader. Right. With with them. Cause there were times I, I would get off the drums and do the choreography with the front line. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I would do that. Just to show them like, hey, look, let's get down. I'll get down with y'all. You know what right, I mean? Right. So it was to me, it's always that. It's it's still music. You know, and you still playing it for an audience, is the way that I look at it. You know what I mean? So uh you know, uh went out there on tour with Mo and the whole Trey Songs thing, and that was great, that was amazing. Um uh, and that that call happened because of um William Burke. Like He's the one that actually told Kim. Now, our, our clique, we have like maybe five of us um, in, in our Be Creative team. And I, I call it the Kim Burst family, you know, that, you know, it's, yeah, it's like five of us that are like tight knit, you know. So Will, Will was the one, William Burke was the one that, that told Kim, hey, why don't you call Peanut? Because everything that you're looking for right now is not here. And you know, you know, you need to call him. So she obviously called me and was like, bro, what are you, uh, what are you doing for the next couple of months? And I was like, uh, none, just out here with my band, you know? And she was like, cool. Well, you think you could find a sub? I was like, yeah, it sounds pretty serious. What's going on? And she was like, I need you to fly out to LA. I need you to do this tour. And I was like, okay, well, who's, who's the tour with? And she was like, it's with Monica. I said, "Oh, this is crazy." So, I'm about to go on tour with I said, "Oh, man." I said, "Okay." I said, "Kim, are you serious?" And she was like, "Yeah." And I told I, I had to fan out with Kim before I got there. You know, and I told Kim like, Kay, like I'm such a major fan. Like you don't understand. Like I used to have to sneak and listen to her music." I said, "Are you serious right now? I'm going to be on tour with her?" And she was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay. Let me get myself together." So, I'm the only country boy out there. Everybody else is from L.A. Uh, Jamario Ortiz. He plays. He's a bass player for Bruno Mars. And he got discovered because of the whole. um, Making his band, right? Making Mm -hmm. his band. That's what it was. Yeah. So. um, So he 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 was the only other country boy out there, but he ain't been been home like that. So he's he's basically L.A. at this point in time. Right, you know what I'm saying? He's basically LA, so I get out there, and I'm like the the the, the black sheep. Everybody else has their LA camaraderie, and everybody know each other because they was either on making the band together, or you know they've sung together, or you know all this other stuff. So I remember the feeling that I felt walking in there. Now, mind you, they had already been practicing for two weeks. Okay, when I came in, I had two days before Monica was there. So two days of practice and versus their two weeks. So they had a jail that was already there.
2: Mm, you right. know what I mean? They were,
0: yeah. They were already like, they, they knew how each other felt and everything like that. And I'm coming in, I'm just being inserted into this situation. So needless to say, uh, it, it wasn't a warm welcome. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. It was not a warm welcome at all. Um it was uh it was interesting. You know what I'm saying? Were you
1: replacing someone? Is that is that why it wasn't yeah. warm? Okay. Yeah. So they were attached to the other person.
0: Yeah, and it was like their it was like their homie. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a warm welcome. So, but after a while, um, as time went on, like they I think. I think what it was, I think what it was um, after I thought about it, it was probably like, well, who is, who is this guy that she's, that she's calling who, what makes him special? You know, why is he being flown in from Atlanta? You know, who, like who is he, you know? And I think that's probably the perception of what it was in me, my, in my mind, I'm just like, man, I'm just happy to be here. Y'all like this is, You know, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just excited.
1: Like, what a great opportunity, right?
0: Yeah, you know what I mean. And it wasn't until, uh, like, uh, when Mo, when Mo and Shannon got there, uh, because she was uh, married to Shannon Brown at the time. uh, I remember when they walked through the door, all of us was like, "Is that Chris Brown's brother?" You know, because Shannon and Chris, Shannon Brown and Chris Brown, they at that time they could have, you know, came across as like related or whatever. but I remember when they got there and I saw them walk through the door and I saw her for the very first time in real life, I was like, wow. I had an, uh, another moment of like, yo, this is really happening. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it was kind of like that. It, it, was, it was like that even with Kelly. When I, when I played um, uh, with Kelly Rowland for a little bit, it was the same thing when I first actually met Kelly. It was like, dang, man, you the real, this is crazy. You know, I'm from Butner. We don't get, you know, we're not desensitized to that from where I'm from. Like it's, everything is appreciated. It's like, man, this is really awesome. You know what I mean?
2: Right. And
0: so when I finally met, met Mo, um, uh, it was just, it was just amazing. It was just dope. And she pulled me to the side, uh, I think the second day. Because I think we only rehearsed. I know I rehearsed two days and then they got there. So I think we rehearsed like for two days with her before we actually went out. So I didn't have like a whole lot of time to tighten up and get things straight. Uh, But like the second day that she was there, I think she was there for three days. So the second day she was there, she actually pulled me out when we was taking a break. You know, she pulled me to the side and she was like, uh, she's like, hey, so so she peanut, right? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, so I kind of heard, I kind of heard, um, you know, some of the guys in there, they've been kind of giving you a hard time. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's cool. You know, she's like, you sure? And I was like, yeah. I said, and I told her, I said, be honest with you. I was like, I'm not worried about that. I said, I'm not out here to play for them. I said, I'm out here to play for you. I said, at the end of the day, if you're happy with what I'm doing, I don't care about what they, what they're saying or what they're doing or whatever. I said, I care about what I'm doing for you. And I mm-hmm. said, if, if I'm making you happy, then I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I said, that honestly. And I was looking at her in her eyes and telling her that I said, honestly, that's all I care about is making sure that you're good and that you're cool. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters to me. And she was like, she always makes that face. She's like, that's cool. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool, and I think right there there was the beginning of, of a bond,
1: a right connection. there, right?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Because not long after that, we took another lunch break, and I went and got some hot wings. Everybody else was like, you know, getting their little wraps, you know, their little, you know, little salad, and you know, all this other stuff. I, <laughs> hey man, what, me with the wings, at man, right. I need some hot wings, right. you know. And I'm just, you know, I'm unapologetically country. I don't care you know i'm in la hey man i don't care i'm from north carolina man Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's probably what it was too because she country you know she from here she from you know she from noon in georgia you know College park so she country so i think that in itself also kind of played into like okay cool because i felt the the uh you know the the countryness there and it wasn't it wasn't like a uh um you know, push off kind of thing. It was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I dig him. Hey, he
1: cool. We musically so, hits with a country connection. Come on now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: That's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just before, just before Kim uh, left, and this was like just before our first show, this was the last rehearsal, uh, and uh, Kim pulled me in. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm not the musical director, at this time, the keyboard right. player was the musical director, uh, but she pulled me over to talk to um, um, to Mo, to Monica, and she explained, explained to her because nobody wanted. That's what the issue was. Nobody wanted to have the responsibility of um, pressing play on that computer because that's that's a big deal. You know, now, mind you, take it back to SI.
2: I've been doing that for years.
1: hmm. Right, So that's running running playback. So basically, you know, this is not for the faint of heart. Right. This is something that, this is an addition to your job as an instrumentalist on the stage.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I had already been doing that with SI. Like I said, SI has always been my training ground. You know, Mm -hmm. I think back and I look back to some of those tracks that I made. And I mean, I can't tell you how many, we probably, I don't know. I probably did maybe like maybe 300 or some odd tracks, man. Just over the years. Yeah. Like the list is, is long. It's crazy medleys and everything. So Mm -hmm. knowing, knowing that and having that already in me, like that was second nature to me to like, right. You know, cause that was asked of me, you know, well, you know, will you be able to run, run pro tools? And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, what's, is it, is that a problem or something?
1: You know what I'm saying? (laughs) so this is so this is an edge too. this like this this is separating you from so they didn't like you before yeah like right now they got now let me give you something to not like me over for real yeah you know what i'm saying and that's how that's eventually
0: that became something different after the first couple shows they was like oh oh yeah this dude is dope like yeah, he's cool right.
1: he's a real dude and, he, right.
0: and 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 the thing of it was i wasn't you know i wasn't holding myself to that. i wasn't going around. Bragging and boasting about what this Mm -hmm. is what I do, you know. Right, right. My thing was let me just let me just work. Let me keep my head low and let me just work. I don't need to brag and boast about everything that I do. Let me just keep my mouth shut and just show you what I can do. You know, especially in that kind of environment, there was to me I didn't need to say anything. You know, because whatever perception they had of me, I felt like maybe my work ethic can help them see that. Hey, man, I'm no better than anybody else here. I'm just doing my job. That's all I want to do. I just want to play music. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, just before we went out, um, like I said, Kim pulled me aside and pulled Moto to to the side and explained to her. um, Because one of her things was, well, what if I want to change something in the show? You know, what if I want to do something different or whatever? And you're not here telling this to Kim. And Kim was explaining to her, well, this is my right hand man right here all the award shows that that we've been doing through the years he's my pro tools guy yeah he plays drums he also plays keys and she said oh i think that flew over her head because she didn't she forgot all about that but what stuck in her head was that if she wanted to change something in the show she could and kim didn't need to be there to do that
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know what i mean so she tested that After Kim, like Kim was there for like the first two shows and like maybe like the third or fourth show in, I think Mo wanted to test that out because she came to Soundcheck and she asked um, uh, the MD at the time, she said, you know what? I think for um, tomorrow's show, I want to do this song, a song called Superman um, off of the Still Standing album. I want to do this song um, tomorrow. I want to take this song out and put Superman in. Can we do that? And he looked at me like, uh, yeah, um, so Monica wants to do um, Superman tomorrow. Can, can we do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, I, and I looked back at him in my talk, and I was like, yeah, we good. We can do that. I can work on the track tonight at the hotel and have it ready for sound check tomorrow. And He was like, you sure? I was like, yeah. And He looked at her. He said, yeah, we, we can do that tomorrow.
1: He just knew he wasn't going to do it. If it got done, it was not going to be him
0: right yeah that's what it was so next day for sound check um we rehearsed it in sound check and uh she asked when she finally got there she asked well can can i hear the um the new song and the guys this was the turning point with the guys when i showed up to sound check and played it on the computer and they were like oh wow they were like yo Yo, he cold, he cold. So that's when like that's when I was like a part of their crew now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was like I was welcomed into right. their particular unit and their family. You know what right. I'm saying? It was like, man, okay, now we and I felt even more comfortable then. You know what I mean? So when she came in and heard it and was like, Yeah, let's do that tonight. She was happy and excited.
1: So artists, let your work producers, songwriters. Let your work executives let your work speak for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. No questions. No questions. Once once you press play, there was no there was no discussion. It was either gonna hit or it was not.
0: Right. That's it. And I'm telling you, Diddy said it best when he released the album called Press Play. That's it. Just Mm -hmm. press play. You shouldn't have to say nothing else. Just press Mm -hmm. play. Because this is gonna do the talking. I shouldn't have to say nothing at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that tour happened. It was a it was a very successful tour to the point where um we was hitting so hard, like you know, we was coming with with the pain, you okay. know what I mean. But and I think that goes back to just even in the early days of music, we're all pushing each other. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a um, I guess you can say friendly competition, if you will. But we were all definitely pushing each other to the point where, like I said. Like, he, uh, he, you know, his people started saying, okay, look, they're good. We need to practice. We need to rehearse. Yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And honestly, I took that, you know, as a compliment of our squad. Sure. I, sure. I personally took it like, man, I'm a part of a dope team. Mm-hmm. You know, my team is this dope where the other team said, well, y'all can't, y'all are not going to get no sound check today because we're going to take y'all sound check to rehearse. I was like, I just, I looked at each and every one of them, and I was like, man, I, I'm so honored to just be a part of this right here. You know right. what I mean? Like, because each, each and every one of them came with, came with the pain. I mean, they, they, like, I mean, it was nothing that they couldn't play or sing. You know what I'm saying? And they, they were killing. It was all guys. You know what I mean? And so we did that tour. That was, that was great. And after that that's when uh, things started to change. We hadn't done a show for a while. So I, in my mind, I was like, cool. Well, I guess that was it. At least I can say, you know what I'm saying? That I went on tour with Monica. That, that for me was like, man, from 14, 15 years old to sneaking to listening to her music, and I finally was able to go on tour with somebody that I admired so much. So for me, the books was written. I was good. Went back out with my band, S.I., you know, focus back, focus on that. I get a random call. I get a random call, you know. And at that time, I wasn't this. I don't think people were like screening their calls like that or whatever. Right. So um, unknown number. You know, it just said unknown or private or whatever. And I picked it up. I was like, hello. He said, hello, this peanut. I said, yeah, this him. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who it is. He's like, hey, hey, peanut, this this Monica. I was like, who? It's Monica. I was like, all right, cool. Click. I hung up. I straight hung up. Wow. I I thought somebody was playing on my phone. I straight hung (laughs) up. Because I'm thinking to myself, she ain't going to call me. How did she even (laughs) get my number in the first place? Why would she call me? Stop playing on my phone. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't have time. You know, I'm doing stuff right now. The phone rings again. Once again, it's either said private or unknown. I picked it up hello? I had an attitude this time. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, peanut, this Monica, like Monica. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. My bad. And that's, that's when it hit me immediately. Cause I could literally, I could hear the tone of her voice. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh wow, this really is her. And the funny thing is, you probably won't even remember that story. <laughs> but she called me about that because we were, um, we were doing uh, another show coming up or something like that, but she said she was like, "I wanted to call you personally because, um, you know, I want you to be my MD. I want you to be my musical director." And I said, "I said, oh, wow. I said, okay. Um, well, what about you know, what about the um?" And I couldn't even get it get you know get my sentence finished. She was like, "Don't don't worry about all that. Don't worry about all that." She was like, "I just want you to find." find, find some bandmates. And for right now, we'll still use the singers or whatever that we have, but I need you to put a band together and I want you to be the musical director. I said, wow. Okay. Okay. And she was like, you know, we got time, you know, the show isn't until, you know, like next month or something like that, something of that nature. And I was like, okay, okay, cool, cool. And I was like, "You sure? Like, you know, what about you know the other guys?" She said, "Don't worry about the other guys. I'll take care of that." And I was like, "Wow, okay." So, needless to say, the same type of thing I had to I had to get into that that frame of mind that I was in when um, Ron left to go off with um, Tyler again, because now it was like she was turning. You know, she's she's the owner of the ship, right? She was like, "Okay, I'm changing the guards." This is gonna be the new captain of the ship now. So for me, I still had the the three background singers from LA. And they wasn't really excited about that. They wasn't really hype about that. So I I had to click into that mode of like, okay, how would I handle my band? I need to, I need to, to, to make that transition the same way. Like the way I handle SI, I need to handle monica's team the same way Mm -hmm. because if she's putting it in my hands then that means that i have to take the experience that i have being in this particular position bring that over here which i did so i had to set some rules in line set some rules in motion or whatever the same rules that i had over there with si i just brought them over you know what i'm saying i didn't i didn't do anything different because that's what i knew and that's what i was comfortable with you know what i'm saying and it was fair stuff it was always fair and reasonable and professional so that eventually happened eventually it was like okay cool i want you to find singers now and i was like oh okay and she was like eventually basically she was like everything musical it's all you it's all you Mm -hmm. whatever whatever you want to do you tell me what we're singing what you want me to sing this that and the other is it's all you it's on you and i was like wow And of course I had to call Kim because Kim, Kim is like my big sister for real, man. Like she, I, she's my filter because her experience in this is, is just like, you know, just like I said with Ron, it's just up there, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, calling her and asking her like, what do I do in this situation? You know, how do I, how do I handle this? You know, I've never, I've never been hands-on with an artist before, you know, even when I was with A Marie, I wasn't calling the shots. You know, I wasn't making the arrangements. I was playing what I was told because they already had their show put together. Right. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't in the position of putting an artist's show together. So I was literally learning on the job with that because I had no experience in that. Monica is my first time being in that particular role. So I don't know. It just it just blossomed into what it is today and mind you in 2012 i'll never forget this in 2012 um at battle of the bands um i was coming back from um uh a, a trip with si overseas um anguilla or something like that and she was telling me that she was doing battle of the bands but she didn't want a band there you know and i said well you gonna do tracks you know, I said, is it going to be a band there already? She said, yeah, it's going to be a band there, but I don't I don't trust them to, um, you know, to play it, to play my music. And I was like, cool. I immediately went back to my A. Marie days. I said, well, you know what we, we can do, sis? Let's do this. How about I create an arrangements? I put everything in the box and I can make it sound like a full band and it'll just be me playing. And she was like, Mm-mm, I don't trust that. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe it at all. And I was like, no, I'm, I said, I'm serious. Trust me on this. And I pulled up the footage of when I was with A-Marie and she was like, oh, okay. Okay. So we tried it. And I said, just trust me. Let's just try it this one time. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, hey man, put all the blame on me. I said, but trust me, let's just try it. So we tried it, we did it. And it came off like, crazy day day was actually there and i didn't know day day had actually moved uh actually no he he hadn't moved yet he was um he was visiting i think he was visiting atl at the time but he was there at battle of the bands and he didn't know it was me on drums until uh my my face came up on the jumbotron and he said he thought it was a full band playing until he saw the close-ups so from then on mo was like okay we yeah you got to be there every show now. Because I can't have it without this. So eleven years later, man, still here, man. We've we've done the Cold Red Tour, we've done the Great Escape Tour. That was the most recent one. Um, and actually we're gearing up for for another for what's what she wants to do as soon as this COVID stuff is, you know, over and all this other stuff. But I mean, like I said, eleven years later, man you know through through everything I mean she's and when I say she's been there through through literally everything like you know <laughs> you know uh, I got married she got married I got divorced she got divorced I mean we've seen each other through a lot of, of things other than other than just music you know what I mean and that's why I'm, that's why I'm always calling the sis you mm-hmm. know what I mean right but you know what i mean because it's like what people see is 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 one thing but it's like even behind closed doors behind the, the the stage and everything like that like she's she's still the same genuine person man that's just just down to earth and so cool man you know what i mean so cool so i think what my dad saw was real it i mean obviously absolutely because i didn't i didn't believe him when he first said it but like now it's just commonplace that wherever she goes you know musically you know i more than likely i'll be right there beside her or behind the scenes you might not see me but you're more than likely you're gonna hear me yeah you know what i'm saying like most recent thing was probably the verses you know that we did with brandy Mm -hmm. and everything like that which was huge yeah that was major man that was that was crazy you know, and literally the the morning of, we was up until like six in the morning uh, just talking about um, talking about the music and, you know, what we would play if, if, if Brandy played this and this, that and the other. And, you know, all this other stuff, it was like we were up, like working on that stuff. The whole the whole team it was me, and DJ Mars, her management team and her just at the studio, just going over songs. You know, even had even had Ludacris on the phone, like giving us pointers and everything like that, as far as like communication. And you know, um, you know, one of the main things was, uh, well, how is she gonna know which song is next? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And one of the main things that came up was, well, maybe we can have some some cue cards or note cards or whatever, you know. And she was like, "I ain't gonna be able to see that." And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, "She has. Why can't we just use her in ears?" Why can't whoever the hairstylist is cover her in ears up? All she needs is one. Mm -hmm. And if she has one, I can talk to her throughout the whole entire verses, giving her producer points like, hey, look, this producer was on this record. Make sure you mention this. You know, when I'm going down my list, you know, if Brandy's playing this song, okay, cool. Mo, your next song is going to be da 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 da. And she has the gift of gab so great. It doesn't matter what, whatever the subject is, she can just click right in <laughs> and just, just go right into it. Cause she does it for every show. So knowing that I said, okay, we're going to give her her in-ears, give her one ear and just put me in her ear and I can talk to her and talk her through the whole verses. And the way it came off, it looked, I was looking at the comments. People were like, dang, I, every, it just seemed like she just, she just know everything that's about to happen. You know, and the reason she did was because our team is so tight. You know, we communicate like that. It's our communication is so tight where, especially with, with me and her on stage, sometimes it's just a look, you know, after all these years of doing shows together, sometimes it's just a look, you mm-hmm. know, or her, her body language. Because I'm always watching her, you know, when she's, you know, where, wherever she is on stage, I'm watching her like, you know, how she's feeling. Sometimes she might not be feeling that well. And I can tell just even by hearing her talk or whatever. But just over the years, I've been able to develop that kind of um, stage relationship um, with her where we just we kind of like I said, it's almost like telepathy. Almost we can just communicate and just know what the other person is thinking. Like sometimes if she wants to skip a skip a song, I can almost tell if she's coming back to the drum shield, she might look at me and just maybe nod or something. And I'm like, okay, I know what that means. Mm -hmm. Everybody else, they don't know what that means. But you know, because we've been doing this for a while together. We can kind of communicate that way. You know what What, I mean?
1: What makes a great musical director? To me. um,
0: And my definition might be a little different than everybody else's. Um, What I think, in my personal opinion, um, and I can only speak from my perspective, you know what I'm saying, and what I do for for Mo and 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 what i do for tamar but to me a great musical director is is first of all being able to to relate to the artist being able to relate to your artist being able to understand where they're coming from musically where they're coming from personally because a lot of the times that's what it is their you know their personality will go into their music and everything like that their show or whatever um you know uh being, being able to adjust, you know, uh, being able to make sure the uh, uh, the players around you and the singers around you are capable of following your lead. Um, and you also being able to um, fall back sometimes and maybe follow one of their leads. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I think at the end of the day, there's there's been times where I've had to fall back and rely on, you know, some of my other players to say, hey, look, what's what's this part right here? What what y'all think, man? You know, at the end of the day, you know, to me, uh, a musical director is 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 not a dictatorship. It's more of like, okay, cool, let's let's find out who has the best idea or what sounds the best or what works the best. Because at the end of the day, you know, they're only gonna hear one sound. You know, they're not gonna just hear Keyboard player, they're not going to hear just the bass player or the drummer or the you know whatever and singers as well. It's the same thing. It's more about the blend than it is about them individually singing. Even though we have a moment in the show where the singers get a chance to uh, blow and everything like that, it's still for me as an MD, it's about it's about their actual blend as as a unit. You know what I mean? So I think as an MD, I think it's a lot of those things that come into play that. Can't be necessarily swept under the rug or neglected, you know what I mean because if if one if one part is off, then it's it's not just one part, it's everything is off. you know all the way down to for me uh, uh there was a point where uh before every show, I make sure before every show I'm always I always put my eyes on her. you know, I have to see her, I have to make sure that I'm around her. hey, how are you feeling today? you know do, do you need anything? You know, do, you know, to the point where I have, a, I have a care bag in my computer bag, you know, because I know before every show, she usually likes to have like a cough drop or something like that, or some some warm tea. So I, you know, I'm always like making sure before that happens, before she gets on stage, that she's always comfortable. You know, whatever I can do to make sure that she's comfortable. Hey, well, how was your day today? You know okay, it was cool. Okay, well, you know, everybody's cool. House moms and pops. the kids. Everybody's cool. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, once she gets on stage, everybody else is going to see that. It's going to see her. So making sure that she's cool before she goes on stage is the most important thing to me, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, even on down to every show, um, after every sound check, I, I'm always, you know, I always make sure her IEMs is clean. You know, I have a uh, um, uh, a Jody vac that I carry with me for every single show. If she comes to sound check, as soon as she gets done with sound check, I got my alcohol swabs. And I wipe them down, take my vacuum, I clean them out. So that way, every time she puts those ears on, it's perfection. You know what I'm saying? Um, all the way down to uh, even even sound. I don't run sound. You know what I'm saying? We have an amazing, amazing sound engineer. This guy named Joseph Spencer. Crazy, I mean, he's 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 got all of us spoiled. You know what I'm saying? I remember when he first came into the into the um, team with us, we clicked so so easily and, and so quick because we come from the same same background. He's a PK plays plays keys like crazy. wouldn't even, Wouldn't even think of it until he sits down at a keyboard and plays it. But the way he runs sound is so impeccable and is is, is so amazing that to the point where our background singers don't even come to sound check no more. Cause he's, wow. he's got, he's got them learn like that. He's got them learned down to a T. So, um, as an MD, it's like, I'm looking at all of those areas because there's one thing that I said to myself, once she gave me that baton in 2011, when she gave me that baton, and said, I want you to be my MD. I, t- I put on that hat and I took pride in it. I said, okay, cool. What does that entail? And when I, she was like, when she told me, is everything musical? Everything musical, that's you. I said, cool. So for me, it's, it's all of those things. Paying attention to all those things to make sure that not only is she comfortable, but making sure everybody, that, everybody that's on my team is also comfortable. And a lot of the times, the MD is probably the most uncomfortable position to be in mm-hmm. because of all the responsibility. For me personally, all the responsibility um, that I hold, it's like, it's not necessarily the most comfortable position to be in, yeah. you know what I mean?
1: The MD is working many, many hours after the show is over. Before and after. Many, and many, many weeks before the shows start. I mean, they. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nonstop, 24-7 role,
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a lot. It's a lot that goes into it, especially when it's when it's uh, w- when you're preparing for a show and all that stuff It's like, you know, um, uh, finding the, the right rehearsal space and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, uh, production stuff. I mean, I mean, because our team is small, you know, we don't have like a whole bunch of people doing this, you know, a whole bunch of managers, a whole bunch of production people. Uh, we, we're very, we're a small Impactful team, so a lot of us wear a lot of different hats, right? You know what I mean. So when I'm on the phone talking to production people, they're asking me, "Well, who's who's uh, who's the production manager?" Well, you talk to him. Oh, I thought you was the musical director. I am him as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But to and so that's my particular definition of an MD, and and I only say that too because, you know it takes me back to SI, you know, God got a lot of pride and stock into that band. I'm not with that band anymore. I haven't been with that band since like 2015, something like that, 2016 or whatever. But um, like I said, a lot of that, a lot of that just, like I said, transitioned and carried over into my other team, you know, and the family that I've built over here, you know? So like, like I said, my definition of an MD is probably a bit different than than the average person or whatever you know Mm -hmm. because i know for me and what i do for for mo for big sis i just i go above and beyond to make sure that you know she's always comfortable and cool before a foot hits the stage you know i've had i've had people um i've had um promoters and everything like that um uh come to me you know asking me um hey, well, you know, when is she going to be here? When is she going to be here? When is she going to be here? You know, and that kind of thing, or, you know, uh, giving me times as far as like what time, you know, we're going to start, what time we're going to end and everything like that. And the average person, the average, you know, average MD, that's not necessarily their lane. You know what I'm saying? To even deal with. Their lane is just technically musical direct. Mm -hmm. Make sure the music is right. Make sure the musicians know the music. Make sure the singers know the music. You know, all the extracurricular stuff. Technically doesn't involve that, so my particular definition is, is that. It's just basically taking care of everything so that way, your artist doesn't have any questions about anything that's going on behind them. And that's always been my goal. If you turn around, you're only turn around to smile at me or to tell me, you know we're you know dropping a song or skipping a song or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I mean. That's, that's my particular definition, man. You know, I know a lot of people probably um, don't even realize um, what goes on behind the scenes as far as like what I do um, with her and, you know, and with Tamar It's just, I think it should always be that way because, you know, if, if I'm constantly uh, saying, I'm doing this, saying I'm doing that, saying I'm doing that, saying I'm doing this, it's kind of taken away from what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. Musically, everything to me should happen so seamlessly, so smooth that it should seem like it's a lot of people that's doing this, that, and the other. But like I said, in our team, a lot of us are wearing multiple hats, sometimes three and four different hats. But because we have that capability of doing that, it's it's a seamless, you know, thing. It's just a seamless action whenever we go anywhere, and especially like when we show up. You know, people be happy when we show. They're like. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. Monica's on the bill. Okay. Well, I know peanut gonna have straight, you know, and everybody in, in my crew, I always keep people around me. That's down to earth, just like me. Cool. You know what I'm saying? I, I never, I always felt like arrogance was, was a thorn, you know, Mm -hmm. I've always felt like arrogance was a cancer. So it's like, I always try to make sure that people around me can laugh and joke and not take themselves too seriously. You know, and it can literally be down to earth and not always. You know, I've been around some people, man. That this, I mean, they just, they just talk about themselves all the time, man. And I just be sitting there like, well, I just play drums,
2: <laughs>
0: you know. And 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 my wife, she she would get on me every now and again when people ask me, like Lil P, She said, "Babe, you do more than play drums." You know what he does? This, he does that. And I'm like, I had to tell her, like, I'm not used to doing that, I'm used to just doing my work and letting mm-hmm. that speak for itself, right. you
2: know? Because right.
0: I've always said, I don't wanna be that guy. <laughs> I don't wanna be that guy mm-hmm. that's like, you know, yeah, I do this, I do that, and, you know, I never wanna be that guy. I wouldn't even raise that way, yeah. you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, I'm gonna ask you to promote yourself as we bring this episode to a close. This has been phenomenal, but you're a songwriter, a producer, but you're also an artist. You've got new music. So tell us about your latest release.
0: Um the latest release is called Because of You. And everything in in that record is coming from a real place. Um uh, uh it's 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 about my the love of my life and just reminding her, you know, it's it's because of you that I'm I'm who I am today. You know what I mean? And honestly, if it wasn't for Lil' P I I don't know, I don't know where I would be. So you know, because of you, it was coming from a real place of just true love. And honestly, it's like, um, you know, I think that's something that's, um, that's missing uh, in the industry today. is like just real, just real true love songs, man. You know, there was something I heard Diddy say uh, a while ago. He was like, we're living in a soulless world. He was like, we're living in a soulless world. It's not like, you mm-hmm. know, when Big was here. You know, and Pac was here. You know, you know, it, we living in a soulless world. Where, where's the real music? It, where's the timeless music? You know, he mm-hmm. was like, we got a lot of one hit wonders out here. He was like, I didn't know one hit wonders became, you know, became the thing to be now. Where, wow. Where's the, where's the music? And I was like, it blew me away. I was like, yo, yo, that's, that's so real. You know, so I'm an '80s baby, so I'm a '90s music baby <laughs> all day. You know, right, right. so to me, you know, my, my biggest, uh, uh, my, my biggest artist that I, I really dig is Joe. Uh, Joe and Tank are my two favorite, um, uh, artists. Um, and first time I met Joe, I was like, oh, this is, this is crazy. You know, this is crazy. And to see him sing live, I'm like, wow, I even, I, I became even more of a fan. Uh, so a lot of the music that, that I do make and write for myself, for myself, is it has that, it just has that, that feel to it, that, that 90s feel-good R&B, you know? And that's, that's me.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. But well, what parting words of wisdom, encouragement, advice would you like to leave with the listening audience today as they walk along their own musically hitched journey? What would you like to leave with the people?
0: I would, I would say, I would say, um, look in the mirror and be honest with yourself, and don't let anyone, don't let anyone tell you who you should be. You should be who you are musically, who you are as a person, and 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 leave it right there. And when you get off the stage, make sure that you leave it all on the stage, because if you leave it all on the stage, that's that means that you literally gave gave it everything
1: that you got. Mm-hmm. What's next for Herman Peanut Johnson?
0: Well, what's next, man, is you know, I'm working on a lot of different projects. I'm still working with uh, with Kim Burst on a lot of things. You know, she's 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 musical director to J Lo and everybody else, but mainly J Lo. So probably five years down the line, I I'm looking to have my company up and running. My company is called Gifted Child Entertainment. Uh, <laughs> but getting that off the ground and just really starting to give back and open up doors for, for other artists and musicians that's coming up.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Basically doing the same thing that, that was, that was done for me through, through F, through Preston, through Ron, through Kim, through Courtney. Awesome. Awesome. All those people and, you know, just giving back the way that it was given to me.
1: that's awesome gifted child entertainment i couldn't think of a better name for your company man that fits fits you to the t and if you are definitely looking for someone to to bring musical excellence to your presentation whether it's you as an artist uh, if you're a songwriter that needs music if you're looking to have your arrangements revamped enhanced i could not think of anyone better than Mr. Herman Pina Johnson. He is a master at his craft. He's, he is absolutely He's he a gifted brother. And, uh, and I'm glad to call him friend as well as a colleague in this industry. So this has been another episode of Musical.ly Hits. Musical.ly Look Hits. forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Yes, sir. To our listeners, we'd like to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's content, be sure to like and subscribe so that you'll always be notified of new episodes. This is Zach Reynolds Jr. We look forward to you joining us again for another episode of Musically Hitched.